Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, as I always say, we've got a great show for you. We have Brandon Bing coming on, and he's doing some great things, and we're going to talk about a little bit parts of the story and some music with him. So, Brandon, are you here? Yep. How's it going, buddy? Doing good, and yourself. And Sandy, are you here? <laughs> yes, I'm here. I'm on here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going pretty good. So yes. I always like to start out with um, how is the corona affecting you right now? Um, not really. Uh, it hasn't really affected me um, too much, so I've been pretty blessed about that. Uh, I say like good. the first couple, first couple weeks of um, when the whole pandemic thing took place, um, it had a little bit of an impact just with my solar company down here. But after mm-hmm. the two weeks went by and we got to, you know, we just kind of had to adapt to the situation like you're supposed to, you know what I mean? And then everything else pretty much leveled out and it's been fine ever since for the last three, four months. How about you? Oh, well, well, actually it's helped us. Okay. Yes, um, it has. As sad as that may sound to some people because they're so frustrated with what's going on. Um, when we sure. first started the show back in January, the goal was to maybe interview 80 to 100 people the first year. That was kind of the plan for okay. 2020. And when everything got shut down, I told Sandy, you know, I was like, you know, this is our time to shine. Let's step it up because you know what? Artists that normally probably wouldn't come on a newer show may be willing to come on. Right. And because we stepped on. it up, and see, yeah. you're actually our 154th interview since January. Nice. Nice. And because we've done so many, now we've had Cassidy Pope on. We've had nice. Anna Christina Cat. You know, Anna, Anna okay. Christina Cash, who married John Carter Cash, which is Johnny mm-hmm. Cash and yep. and June Carter Cash's son, which is pretty cool. We've had Georgette Jones, the daughter of George Jones and Tammy mm-hmm. Wynette, on. We've had um, Taylor Lynn, the granddaughter of Loretta Lynn, on. Okay. We've had um, Jenny Gill, Vince Gill's mm-hmm. daughter. So, so because of the whole pandemic – and we stepped up the show. I think we've gotten bigger artists than we normally would get this early on, which now has built our sure. foundation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good. <clears throat> and of course, like I said, we decided instead of crying about it, we're going to just work harder. And right. Yeah. We're the and the rewards are starting to happen because of that. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of that stuff is just kind of like a blessing in disguise. You know, a lot of people don't yeah. realize that situations. That are going on like this give you an opportunity to kind of just hit the restart button and um, reevaluate everything that you're trying to accomplish and uh, reprioritize your goals. And then, you know, once you exactly. get once you get those things lined up, then you have a better plan of attack and your strategy is a lot stronger. Yeah, and you know, mm-hmm. I always tell people too when they look at this right now. Um, there's going to be a lot of businesses that go under this year. I mean, there's just no way around. Sure. I mean, they just can't right. make it. I mean, if they can, any business that can stay afloat till next year, they'll probably be fine. But yeah. most can't, or many can't. And I've told people, you know, because there are many markets out there that are kind of saturated. I was like, now's the time to launch. If, if you can afford to launch during this, now you can compete. Okay. You know, because I think I think next year we're going to see a boom like uh, like America's never seen. Because we were talking to a guy yesterday on a different podcast that we do for Middle Tennessee, and he was okay. telling us that a lot a lot of the bankers that he knows was saying the statistics are showing that thirty plus percent of people's incomes are being saved right now. He wow. says that money is going to flood the market next year. Yeah, that's tremendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people that are realizing too. A lot of big businesses and things like that realize that you know yep. they can um, they can operate and function without having to have people traveling back and forth. You know what I mean? Like I think yep. a lot of people mm-hmm. before they would be on planes to be transient, and now bigger corporations mm-hmm. are, are are sheltering a lot of cash and, and capital because you know they're realizing they can use the Zoom or those uh, digital yep, platforms exactly. for teleconferences. Yes, and that that opens up a lot of opportunity for them without having to you know, pay for flight and hotel accommodations and rental cars. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're realizing that they're probably not going to change that model after things settle out. And that just gives them more working yeah. capital. Yeah. So as we get really dig in here, tell everybody 
who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview of you. Sure. Yeah, uh, my name is Brandon. Last name is Bing, B-I-N-G. And uh, down here in Florida, uh, over in Volusia County, I live in a county called Volusia. It's over there by uh, Daytona. Um, I live in a small town called Sam Sula in the uh, Port Orange area between uh, New Smyrna Beach and Daytona Beach. So, um, you know, that's where I'm at here halftime. And then I have a home that I bought up in uh, Germantown up in Nashville as well. So spent half my time up there as well. Oh, wow. Up here working on music and performing and writing. Needless to say, you're serious, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of what it was. It's a, the ticket. If you go get the, the Nashville pad, then I guess you're taking it serious. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Because we're planning on moving there next year. What's funny is we, we actually mm-hmm. have never visited Nashville yet. We're planning on hopefully in October. Hopefully a lot of this will okay. die down. Because yeah. we, we want the Nashville experience. I mean, I don't want to go in a lot and half of things are closed. So we want the Nashville experience yeah. when we go. So we want to wait yeah, for a I lot to open. So we're hoping in in October it will be. And and as, we got friends that say, how do you know you'll like it? How can you say you're going to move there? Like, no, we just know. We're supposed – thing we right. do is built around Nashville. It's like we're supposed to be yeah. there. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and I think that's the thing is like when you realize that um, – how much you can accomplish up there that you can't accomplish in other areas, uh, that's mm-hmm. the biggest – I think that's the biggest value of moving up there or at least having a residence yeah. being there, like I said, at least half yeah. time because – you know, if you're going to really pursue it, whether you're in radio, media, um, whether you're a musician or a songwriter, you need to have the platform to give you an opportunity. And the only way to do that is being around those people that, you know, you're exactly. competing with or you're trying to build those relationships with. There's only so much you could do exactly. remotely, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I'm grateful mm-hmm. that we've created a lot of friendships and connections in that. In fact, that was another thing, too, we looked at because we were actually considering moving to Jacksonville, Florida. And it was like okay. we couldn't really – we were trying to build things down there. We live in Savannah. We go, we go to Jacksonville a lot. Um, so we're trying to build you know, meaningful connections and friends down there, and it just didn't seem to work. It was almost like it was being forced. And Sure. And, and, and about eight, nine months ago, I was telling Sandy, I was like, wow, um, maybe God has a different path for us because – we can't get anything to push for Jacksonville, even though we love that place, that area. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, when you look at our contacts, our friends, probably 90% of who we know are in Nashville. Sure. Absolutely. And yeah, I'm with you 100% <laughs> on that. <laughs> so I'm sitting there like, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah. we might have to make a little change of plans. And now we're kind of done some research. Even for our kids, you know, there's way more opportunity in Nashville. I mean, because with the eight-year-old, and you'll hear from him later because he always asks one question to each artist. Yeah. But with an eight-year-old yeah. and a 16-month-old daughter and an eight-year-old son, there's just, you know, if they're in film or in music or anything like that, it's all in, you've got all that in Nashville. Yeah, you got, you know, you got a, um, and then you got anything stuff creative. on the outside. Yeah, creative, you got Belmont, which is, you know, a great university for music and arts. And then um, you got a bunch of, you know, obviously you have the, major pub houses and stuff like that and with cm uh cmt and sirius you have access for people you know that are trying to go into those lines of work they can do internships or they can do um different jobs you know to, on the ground floor to work their way up and then eventually mm-hmm. it just kind of turns into a bigger opportunity because they're up there you know what i mean exactly um yeah. so what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music and outside of your main business um Different hobbies. Yeah, I really like down here. We like, you know, we spend a lot of time uh, with family and friends over at uh, the beach, things like that. Um, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're surrounded by water everywhere. So anywhere you go, whether it's a river or a lake or a beach, you're pretty much going into that. Or um, during season, I, I hunt fish down here quite a bit. I just went um, offshore fishing with a buddy of mine and some other friends last week for uh, end of season for uh, red snapper. So we did the uh, the red snapper fishing, and then, um, of course, we're getting ready for uh, next month, or actually, I think it's the beginning of September, we got tags for a buddy of mine, we got tags for uh, gator hunting, so we're going to be doing some gator hunting, oh, yeah. and then uh, I got yeah. first draw for bow season as well down here, so quite a few different things like that to keep us busy. I do, ta- I do um, trap and skeet shooting as well, I like, you know, uh, 
practicing, you know, on that with friends and we do different like steel target shooting and things like that. So that's fun. Or, uh, when the yeah. bars are open right now, a lot of stuff is closed because of all these, um, you know, just the shutdowns of the pandemic, but we yeah. have different honky tonks and places like that with big line dancer and two stepper. So I usually would be doing that during the week. Haven't really had a chance to do that in the last several months because social distancing has mm-hmm. made it difficult to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. At what age did you look, kind of look in the mirror and say, I want to make a career out of music? Yeah, I mean, um, I've done music, I would say what age, honestly, it, it was kind of more like a lifetime thing, more or less, because yeah. I've done it, you know, throughout my life. Um, I would say really, as far as like taking it serious on this level, uh, it was it was in the last three years because that's when I was able to mm-hmm. get up to Nashville and do those things. But prior mm-hmm. to that, you know, I'd done music throughout my life. And when I went and did that, then uh, I was able to go with my music as far as uh, playing cello. Um, I also played drums and then I was a songwriter. So I've done music, you know, throughout my whole life. And so uh, that was pretty much, you know, kind of my, my inkling. My parents gave me the option that they said, when you go to uh, college, they say you got two choices. You can either, go to college and get a degree or they're like, mm-hmm. you can pursue your music and things like that, but you got to get out of the house in a year. So I took college initially, <laughs> say the least, just like probably most people would do because it just made more mm-hmm. sense. But, you know, I'm actually really thankful the way that I approached it. Mm-hmm. I think that I could have gone and been done the whole starving, you know, starving artist kind of lifestyle. <laughs> But mm-hmm. uh, I, I went the opposite way. I didn't do that at all. <laughs> I decided to start a business and then go from there. So um, I actually like my, the way my cards were dealt to me, uh, you know, now than probably if I had done it another way. So I don't have any regrets. Yeah. And, and that's good because I think that's the hardest part for a musician is the money side. You know, there's sure. so much sacrifices that an artist has to make. In fact, um, we're – this kind of leads me into my next segment here. I think is perfect lead in for this is um, a lot of people, they see the glory behind like a Blake Shelton or Miranda and Carrie, but they don't see the sacrifices, the grind that it takes to get there. Even at, no. even at the smaller levels, there's so, in fact, at the smaller levels, there's probably more of a grind than what a Blake has because as an independent, you do everything yourself. <laughs> sure. You know, so, um, I'm going to tell a little story that will help us lead into where I want this to go. Back in 2014, <clears throat> we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and back then they were full-time with music. And one of the questions I asked is, what would, advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone um, full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, once you want it to be a career, everything changes. She goes, you, you, even, it's still your passion, but it's now your job. She goes, you can't have bad days. You could have a bad day today, the worst day, but tonight you've got to still get on that stage and smile like nothing's happened. She goes, you, right. families have to sacrifice. Friends and family don't understand. Um, you know, yeah. you, you're gigging on weekends. You're gigging on holidays, and that's when they have off. So they I yeah. invite you. And you can't go, and you can't, that's just the way it is, and that's because that's what your biggest money days is, you know, on the weekends and, and holidays. That's, that's when yes, you make the most right. of your money. So mm-hmm. you can't do all that, and family and friends never understand. She says, sure. but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way that those type of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there about the sacrifice. And again, when she says all in, I don't think she's meaning, oh, you got to quit your job, quit your business. I think she means that when you're not there, you are fully music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Um, no, I agree with her 110% on that fact because, I mean, if you're going to go in and pursue this music, I think, well, let me let me start here. So I'll back up for a yeah. minute. Um, every time I go into Nashville, you know, there's a tremendous amount of talent. You know, some of the, mm-hmm. the the most amazing guitarists, some of the most, um, you know, amazing uh, singers and songwriters. I mean, we can go on and on and on. So all those bases are covered. But when it comes down mm-hmm. to being somebody, there's so many uh, young or just aspiring musicians, whether you're, you know, 18 years old, whether you're in your 20s, whether you're in your 30s, 
you know, and they have this mindset of, well, I'm just going to go there and I want to be this country star. And, you know, they want to be yeah. like the Blakes or the Carries or the Mirandas. But the reality is they like the idea. They don't like the commitment and the sacrifice. So what I mean by yeah. that is a lot of people want to be a famous uh, celebrity or they want to be a famous musician that's A-listed, mm-hmm. you know, uh, musician. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, the sacrifice of, you know, I can't tell you how many hours I spend. I was I was talking to some family friends yesterday. They're like, well, you know, what about your schedule? What about sleep? What about this? Because you know, I run my solar <laughs> company. I run my I run my whiskey company, and I do my music, and I do my my music publishing company. So I do I do four yeah. different businesses, trying to juggle mm-hmm. all that. But like you said, I've never let any of them affect the other. When I'm when I'm on music, yeah. it's one hundred and ten percent music. Nothing else is going to get in the way of it. When I'm writing a song, I keep a pad and a pen by my bed, I have my phone on my notepad, I have my voice memo there, like literally I'll wake up in the middle of the night at times and I'll have a mm-hmm. line that comes in my head or uh, just a concept and I'll just write it down <laughs> yeah. because if you don't, you're going to forget it but there's so many hours and so many behind the scenes um, struggles that we all take as aspiring musicians because we're trying to find, you know did I, did I word that right? Did I phrase that right? Is that the right melody? Is mm-hmm. that the right progression? Is that the right tempo? There's all those moving parts determine whether or not that song is going to be a, a hit and mm-hmm. you know if you don't do those things and you don't spend that commitment and you just want to be some glorified you know billboard well then you're doing it for the wrong reason you know if like you said it becomes a job you know it yeah. is your full-time job and you have the responsibility that these hard-working people that come to support you as fans they're paying their hard-earned dollar to you know come out and bring their families which some people that could be you know, a week's worth of pay, depending on who you're going to see, or it could be the equivalent yeah. of taking a family vacation, depending mm-hmm. on the show that you're going to go see. And um, it doesn't matter. I've been times where my voice has been hoarse. I've been times where I've been sick. And you got to leave it all at the door and figure out one way or the other, pull it off and put on one hell of a show. Because <laughs> otherwise those people mm-hmm. in there that pay that money, they're not going to be too happy with you, you know, and you lose mm-hmm. that support and then you lose your momentum. And that's what I think is, I don't know, for me at least, um, it's like a light switch. You know, when the music's come on, when they, they like they say, lights, camera, action, let's go, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I totally get what you're saying because even with our show, there are days where I'm just like, it's booked, and I'm and it's like 12 o'clock, my 2 p.m.'s booked, and I'm like, I'm just not feeling it today <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and but the show must go on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and all that, and so it's you know, so I totally get it because you know we're kind of chasing the same dream you are, just on a different platform. Absolutely, it's the same amount of work ethic, it's the same amount of sacrifice, same amount of time. And in your case, with radio and you know dealing uh, with the media like that, you know you guys are always having to sacrifice your 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 time and your schedule to provide content and to keep people up to date and give them new artists and, you know, let them see that growth of your show, um, mm-hmm. especially in this industry. Mm-hmm. Cause I think one thing that's real different too is, you know, country music as a genre is a really mm-hmm. small genre compared to other genres yeah. when it comes to the amount of artists yeah. that are, and I'm talking about the artists that are actually relevant. I mean, anybody okay. can wake up, probably that see a thousand sense. Facebook and Instagram pages and say, I'm a, I'm a country artist. I'm a, I'm a singer-songwriter. I'm a this, I'm a that. Okay, if you just want that to be your glorified title, then just put that on the front of your page say, that's what I want my title to be. <laughs> but, you know, if yeah. you're really that, well, you better have the chops and you better have the music to back it up because the Nashville um, is, is, is such a cutthroat, you know, good old boy, mm-hmm. you know, kind of uh, culture. And if you don't know the right people, like you said uh, earlier about the relationships, if you don't have those people and um, – you know, you're not really going to get much, you know, as far as progress is concerned, and you'll become forgettable. And that's why being in Nashville is so important. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, you got to, you got to, um, I mean, there's, I mean, I think there's only, honestly, there's only one exception to the rule, in my opinion. If you're in Texas. And you guys, you, and, you, and y'all probably agree with me on this one, but the mm-hmm. one exception to the uh, Nashville rule would be Texas. And the only reason why I say that is because Texas, you know, in excess of what, like 30, 40 million plus people, something like that, 
mm-hmm. between there and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You got that red dirt, um, Texas country, and that circuit, even for a regional or Texas base or you know, um, you know I guess Great Plains, uh, you know, located artists, they could have a illustrious career and never leave, you know, their state because there's yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, there's so much it's, there. it's such a yeah there's so much there there's i mean come on i mean the the venues themselves from sixth ave in austin <laughs> to the green hall to the billy bobs and the stockyards to i mean you can go on and on and on city to city town to town there's something mm-hmm. where someone notorious in country music you know grace the stage at one point or the other that we all look up to and texas is trying to take the country music place from nashville that's oh, their yeah. plan. Because <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. what's happening is it, it looks like your gritty, traditionalist type of country uh, music, a lot of them are moving to Texas. Yeah, And the absolutely. more poppy sound, and people are going to Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, and that's the thing is like um, it's a good point you made with that because for me, uh, when I was looking at my numbers – for streams and and just looking at who's listening to my music, uh, I, I mm-hmm. released you know the project that's out now back in February. So in the last four and a half months, four or five months, um, I've noticed that out of all fifty states, my number one area of listenership, hands down, mm-hmm. is Texas every single time. Oh wow! Texas, <laughs> Texas is my number one, and then and then number two is. Depending on what list and so on and so forth, or platform, you know, iTunes or Spotify, mm-hmm. my number two, my number two spots are generally either uh, Georgia or Alabama. Huh. So you're making a dent there too. Yeah, those are those are really my three kind of staple spots, <laughs> and then a kind of weird one that's up there that's kind of high, but I can kind of see it, I guess, mm-hmm. is California because if you go to Northern California, it's a little bit more rural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like Bakersfield and like going Fresno area, going more like Sacramento up there towards like Oregon and all that. It gets a little bit more, I guess, country in a weird way. Yeah. So um, yeah. I've, I've been getting a lot of people from there sense. as well. And, you know, we talked a lot about the the grind, the sacrifices. And that's one thing I've always wanted to do on each show is because I think that some people – they miss that side of it, and including fans, they don't really see the true artists of what they go through and what they have. So I always thought, said that you know when we do a show, we're gonna have artists tell us that side of it too. And I'm glad you you was um as honest as you were with that because again, it's really hard for independent artists. But sure, now let's go the other way. Since you've said how the sacrifice, how much sacrifice you have to do. Let's let's now show what that gets you. So when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, "Wow, I got to do that." Yeah, um, some some moments that I had were well, like for example, I guess one of the one of the, the biggest things for me that's still super valuable right now because we built such a good relationship. But uh, you know, all that grind and hustle, I had the opportunity um, that uh, one of Luke Combs, well, his producer on his first album. Um, and also his his number one single to date, which was Hurricane, uh, Kenny Royster mm-hmm. from Direct Image Studio. He had reached when I bought the house last year. He had reached out to me, and a few other producers had reached out to me, but I didn't really like their approach because they were trying to, I guess, kind of change them more to the pop kind of thing, and that's just not me. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, where yeah. am I going? And then when I felt that when Kenny gave me the opportunity, um, and we you know we had a meeting, and then we met again and then it was kind of like you know we had that chemistry where he was just like I want to work with you you know and it's like mm-hmm. man you got the producer that cut some of the biggest songs in, in country music in the last decade and even impartial you know the whole you know since mm-hmm. the existence of country music and yeah to as an independent artist to be able to work with him on my first project and also working with him again on this project that I just got oh, wow. last month mm-hmm. um those are that was a huge you know opportunity and a, and a f- huge I guess you know victory in my opinion. Uh, plus you mm-hmm. know just the musicians. Um, you know my last project and this one, I had a chance. Uh, Blake Shelton's fiddle player Janae Fleener played on my record both times. Oh, wow. um, I just got this year um, 
I had uh, let's see, Nick uh, Nick Buddha who played drums for Taylor Swift, uh, Florida Georgia Line, <laughs> Luke Combs, he played on it. I had Dave Francis on bass. I had um, John Willis, uh, Kenny Chesney's lead guitarist, John Conley played, Mike Rojas, mm-hmm. and then uh, I had Perry Coleman who's done all the backgrounds for I mean you name it for you know Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean, Eric Church, mm-hmm. on and on. His list is unreal, but. Uh, you know, having oh, wow. those people, and then I just had a chance to work with Adam Schoenfield uh, this past project, and he's lead guitar um, for, you know, for Jason Aldean's albums, and mm-hmm. I also had uh, TJ Clay, Scotty Sanders, and uh, Chris Knoll, so just having a, oh, wow. a strong team like that as a, a as an independent artist, and doing it without mm-hmm. having a major record, you know, deal, or having mm-hmm. some other team facilitate that for me, doing it a hundred percent on my own by proving myself and putting in that, uh, sacrifice like you're talking about. Uh, I think that was yeah. really the biggest, you know, that was the biggest value to me. Um, I guess a few other things really was had a chance to go to, um, the, C- the CMAs the last two years. And I've mm-hmm. also had a chance to go to oh, a couple yeah. Sony record label, uh, after parties and pre parties to, you know, be with these oh, artists cool. on a one-on-one basis. So, just those experiences and those conversations that I've had with them uh, and the advice mm-hmm. that I've gotten from, you know, industry uh, producers and, and writers and things like that. Like I've, I've been at the bar sitting down just for hours. I remember uh, before the pandemic, uh, one of my last times up in Nashville before this whole shutdown happened, uh, mm-hmm. I was sitting down with Bobby Pinson and Bobby Pinson, he got a. He kind of did the hat trick last year. He got an award for getting three number ones for three different artists. He did huh. Keith Urban, oh, wow. Jason Aldean, and Eric Church all in the same year. You know that's got to be and awesome. yeah, and just being a songwriter <laughs> myself. That's my thing is I'm a songwriter. So being a songwriter, yeah, having access to people like that, you know, um, and just building different relationships with different artists that I've that I've uh, established uh, over the last few mm-hmm. years has been you know, more valuable than anything else that I could ask for. That is really awesome. And we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and play your song, Back Porch. How's that sound? Sounds good, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, hang on the line, and we'll be back. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Sitting here on a little back porch, rocking to the beat. Watch the sun beam down below and dance across the sea. See that sweet little Caroline staring back at me. This old boy's got a few tricks hit up his sleeve. I can spin you around all night long and watch you do 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 But I'd rather spend my whole time holding you close. I can see the smile in your eyes. Skips another beat That's the first step that I took To sweep you off of your feet Oh That girl with the drink in hand Mesmerize with me The 
this old boy's gonna strum these strings to the flow of her heartbeat. I can sing you around all night long and watch you do be do But I'd rather spend my whole time holding you close. I can see the smile in your eyes as your heart skips another beat. That's the first step that I took to sweep you off of your feet. Barefoot down the hall, coming straight to me. See that girl turn the lights down low as they dim around me. This girl took my breath away, swept me off of my feet. I can sing you around all night long and watch you do you do But I'd rather spend my whole time holding you close. I can see the smile in your eyes as your heart skips another beat. That's the first step that I took to sweep you off of your feet. That's the first step that I took to sweep you off of your feet, girl. Yes, great song. So tell us the story behind that. Yeah, um, really, I mean, just uh, that particular record, I was thinking about just different things down here in Florida. When I did this first EP, I called it The Florida Man because I was just trying to capture different elements of things that I did growing mm-hmm. up or, or things that kind of oh, just right. relate to our lifestyle down here. And um, mm-hmm. when I wrote Back Porch, I was just more or less thinking about that guitar player that was sitting on the back of a porch or off like a tiki bar or just like a bar off the beach. And then he's, you know, entertaining everybody. And he just sees that one girl um, that just kind of catches his eye. And he's just sitting there playing for, you know, three, four hours. Right. And it's like, he does the same thing every week, but it's just like having that dream that you, he fell in love with, you know, this one girl that caught his eye and then it just turned into something magical that was different than what, you know, him just playing that guitar. But he knew that, that that was like his way to her heart was, you know, playing that guitar and, and strumming, like I said, you know, yeah. strumming to her, to the, yeah. to the beat of her heart and things like that. Just trying to create that emotional connection and that inner romance more or less. And um, yeah, man, it was just a cool record and it was a fun one. It was a pretty easy, right. To be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. And just in the hook mm-hmm. just kind of made sense. I think that was kind of the thing that I'm, I'm kind of, I'm 32 and, you know, just having that kind of old soul and a young guy's body still um, gives me that, that, that different kind of approach of using some kind of old jargon, like, old you know, old school kind of words. And uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of where my head was at. So it just kind of, it worked out pretty seamlessly, man. <clears throat> so another thing I like to do on our show um, that I think is important is, you know, when people see the artists, they don't see like PR people, managers, producers. And of course I know you kind of already introduced some of your team, but if you, there's anybody that you left out or you want to reintroduce, that's fine too. But I always like to give a couple minutes to each artist to say, you just tell us about the team, the team that helps you do what you need to do. Yeah. Um, so like I mentioned, the, the musicians that I mentioned, obviously they, they help me when we're in the studio. Uh, and I've real, been real blessed with the opportunity to work with, you know, such great talent uh, that, that, you know, takes care of pretty much the, the main focal, you know, A-list group of, of artists in your top 10 and top 20 that are out there right now. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I have my producer, I have a, I have my vocal coach down here in, uh, in Florida, Miss Alice Margaret. So um, I do sessions with her at least twice a week just to 
keep things tight, look at, Mm -hmm. you know, come up with new ideas on melodies. If I'm maybe trying to, she tries to push me a little bit, which I, I couldn't thank her enough for it because sometimes I get stubborn as a mule and I don't want to do certain things, but she'll, I don't know how she does it. She does some like indirect, I don't know. It feels like it's like almost like she casts a spell or something. She does. She'll say something. I'll do it. She'll, she'll move me from one exercise to another. Next thing you know, I'm hitting a note that I didn't know I could hit, or a note that I'm not usually comfortable hitting. And she just really helps me exude and build that confidence. So I got that. Um, I got my uh, my buddy Vincent uh, Laspada who uh, does a lot of film work uh, with me and in, in my Dirty Bird South Music um, publishing and, and film production company. So he helps me a lot out on the road when we're doing, um, you know, whether it's a parody, whether it's a cover, whether it's an interview, mm-hmm. just getting footage and content mm-hmm. that I can use and capitalize on because social media is such a big deal anymore. Yeah. Uh, as a musician, you got to be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Now you got TikTok, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, there's so many different layers that a lot of people don't realize that you got to constantly be engaged in. Um, and I got, you know, um, Matt Watkins and uh, I also have, um, Kelsey Neville and um, Nick Eshram over there at um, Arista Media. Uh, they're my publicists, so they they work really diligently to track the analytics, see where my music's targeting, um, helping me get introductions and and opportunities with um, other you know people within the industry. That my schedule is so hectic that they kind of keep me in order. So it's, it's if yeah. I didn't have them. You know, I'd kind of be running around like a chicken with his head cut off, to be honest with you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's just yeah, having all those different great. people. Yeah. So it's just kind of those things are just super important. And then I've had a really good support, honestly, just with family and friends and um, also a bunch of other musicians. Um, you know, I got, I'm got i friends with a lot of the band members from uh, Riley Green. And I know, you know, I know Riley and, and Morgan Wallen. Oh, wow. Um, um, you know, them guys, yes. and, um, you know, I've, I've been, been with Luke Holmes, you know, four or five times on the, the road at different events and things and had a chance to talk with him and get advice from him. And I've had, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I know, uh, I'm friends with, you know, Travis Tritt's family. So, you know, just having some like older counterparts and things like that has been super helpful. Just getting feedback from people that are no matter what even though they're in the industry they're going to say hey brandon that that sucks or you could do better yeah and um if you can't take that criticism or have that i think you're going to be you know sold up you're going to wind up falling up short you know what i mean and and everything that you put into it isn't really Mm -hmm. worth it if you if you don't have a right team around you and you have to be careful who you take criticism from because you know of course you've got facebook trolls that that yeah. oh, give yeah. criticism because they give criticism. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, though, I'll tell you this: you, you actually hit a good point with that. I think that the um, I want to say that the 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 trolls or the the people I don't really get it much anymore. I might have, I had it for a, a small stint of time, maybe in the first year, but mm-hmm. um, if I when I'm looking at stuff, I really don't run in it too too often at all that I can really recollect, but when I was getting those negative um, trolls or just people out there just making negative comments, trying to derail you, those are just people that are just, you know, pissing on your fire, trying to, you know, they're kind of, they're not happy with what you're doing because they can't do it or they're not skilled or able to do it. And, you know, jealousy loves envy, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like that whole, uh, Mm -hmm. this whole mindset that they think that they can be, stronger to derail you mentally but when you show that Mm -hmm. mental toughness and it's like hey you can you can do everything you want in your power but you're not going to beat me and they see you just keep climbing step by step it's like Mm -hmm. dang it like what else do i got to do to this guy to to get him to realize that he's horrible in my eyes right and but then they realize that they run out of options because they back themselves into a corner because they've exhausted every potential opportunity (laughs) to to try to do that and honestly that's some of the yeah. best motivation for me i love it when people hate mm-hmm. on me because when they hate then that yeah. just gives me a platform mm-hmm. to go out there and be like hey you just put the fire under my ass even more just so i can prove to you that <laughs> you ain't gonna you know um have any impact on me like like the ashley mcbride song you yeah know, uh, i mean that i love that song that she did um, about the haters and stuff. It was, you know, that she would never make it. 
and all that. And, and you know, it, it's such a powerful song because in real life, that's as when you're an independent artist. I mean, even we get that. For I mean, we're a lot of people are like, you know, you're never going to be a Bobby Bones mm-hmm. or a Ty Bentley, and I'm like, I'm not trying to be a Bobby Bones. I'm being a Chris Benton. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you know, that's that's funny you say that though, Chris, because the thing is, honestly, man, like, is you have to everything you do has to be who you are. Um, I think yeah. the one thing I'm really, I, I, and I hate, you know, I hate it as a musician or artist. Mm-hmm. I hate, you know, telling, uh, people be like, Oh, you know, your fans. I'm like, I don't got no fans. And they're like, what do you mean? Yeah, you do all these people that I said, they're not my fans. That's my family. Like those yeah. people, yeah. those people, it's not about their money. You know, I appreciate them supporting what I'm doing and going to a show mm-hmm. or, buy merch or whatever the case might be. Um, yeah. But look at the sacrifice. That goes back to your sacrifice, the sacrifice that we make by playing and performing and doing stuff for no money. You know, we do that all mm-hmm. the time. And then you got this, when when people see that you're consistently putting out content, when they see that you're responding, like I respond literally every post that I put up, if there's a comment, I literally respond to like almost every single comment that's on <laughs> that post at least once, yeah. sometimes twice, yeah. but you create dialogue, you ask uh, reciprocating questions so that people mm-hmm. genuinely know it's not just like some random person behind a computer that is just saying, Hey, thanks or thumbs up with an emoji or something like that. Yeah. You're saying, Hey man, appreciate you. Thanks for your support. Hey, by the way, how's your week going? Or, Hey, I was looking at your page and I saw you were having a tough time. And uh, mm-hmm. that's like oh, wow. the most valuable thing to me. You know what I mean? Like I had a guy, mm-hmm. Uh, I had I had one of the, you know, um, one of my my fans, quote unquote. He he sent me a message on. Uh, he DM'd me uh, yesterday or day before yesterday. It was at mm-hmm. midnight, and uh, he's 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 in his senior year in college in California, and he's playing football, right? And they just canceled mm-hmm. his senior football, uh, you know, season because of this whole pandemic. Oh, so wow. yeah. it was really affecting him. He couldn't sleep. Uh, I missed the message because it was, you know, after midnight, I was already in bed. But I woke up the next morning at 730, and I'm looking at my uh, messages, and I had written him back. And he came back, and he was like, you know what? He said, one thing I've always respected about you is for all your fans and supporters, you know, you communicate and talk to them and give advice and so on and so forth. And what I was able to accomplish with him was I let him know. I said, hey, man, look. You may not be playing football, but look at this. The last three years, you busted your ass out there on the football field um, and winning and losing and getting beat up and thrown around. And you, while you were doing that, you built great relationships and friendships with your teammates. Mm-hmm. You successfully yeah. pursued your educational, uh, you know, your education in college, and you're going to be graduating, so you're going to be getting a degree. And you also have all these memories from all that time. So I said, mm-hmm. when it's all done, brother, at the end of the day, we just moved to the next chapter. So you just got so much more exciting stuff to look forward to. And, man, yeah. honestly, Chris, the coolest thing, Chris and Sandra, was he came back and was like, Brandon, he said, you made my day. You really motivated it. And he's like, Hawk Nation family for life. And I was like, that's it, man. You know, ride or die. Wow. So we're going to be here to yeah. the end. Yeah. Wow. Love that. Now, what as you're doing more and more pursuing your songwriting career and all that, What's your parents think now of all this? <laughs> uh, my dad is probably uh, he he's he's like, oh man, he's 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 like overwhelmed. <laughs> I want to say something, but I don't think I can say it on the air. <laughs> he's happier than a pig, and you know what? That's all I'm gonna say. He's happier than a pig, and you know what? I'll let you just well, dot dot dot. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, but he. I always yeah. like to get a parent story. That's you know, and of course, I'm sure they went above and beyond. Your dad's probably went above and beyond for you. But tell me a moment that kind of stands out to where he went above and beyond on something for your music, and you were like, "Wow, he believes this is my passion." He actually sure. believes in this. Yeah, he. Um, well, that that kind of goes all the way back to, to to when I was a child. But but if I'm looking like right yeah. now, in the last mm-hmm. few years, he you know he always knew that I wanted to be uh, you know an artist or a musician, and and he was yeah. like you know. How when he saw me cut this uh, my first single, which was Sunday Funday, 
He looked mm-hmm. at me. He's like, mm-hmm. "You got it here." He's like, "And but he said, he's like, but you can do better." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then he just kind of what he did above and beyond was he started just going through all my social media, like on from his from his side, and he started mm-hmm. sending emails beyond emails to just oh, you wow. know radio stations to uh, different people you know within the industry, um, building up my LinkedIn account. And just helping me make those connections. And, you know, my dad used to work in the record industry, and he was an intern at CBS Records back in the day working <laughs> under Al Schumann. So just having, like, all that, you know, that was during that whole Clive, uh, Clive Davis era as he was coming up. So just, like, having those opportunities with my dad to to look back on what he went through when he was an intern in the music industry mm-hmm. and when he was a DJ, applying those types of – using those tools and applying that to me as a musician – now we just have yeah. – it's brought us even closer together, um, and he's just even more excited because it's like he's living his dream that he had as being in the industry. He was never going to be a, a singer or a songwriter, but he was in the industry at a, yeah. at a point, and it's like now he's living that, like, midlife crisis through me, which is super cool to be able to have, you know, your dad right there on the sidelines cheering you on and, and helping you mm-hmm. every step of the way and talking to him every day. Every time you, you, you make some success or something, it's just – it just keeps building, you know, and it's and it's awesome to see. That is really awesome. So I can definitely tell you're a family man, and just like us, you know, we consider our show a family affair, and we yes, kind of have a do. third co-host that we bring on to ask one question to each artist, our little eight-year-old son, and he loves it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, and you know what? When our 16-month-old daughter gets old enough, we're going to bring her too? on too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> She just don't know it yet. <laughs> so Sandy's oh, gonna get him on. Okay, the here he is. Hi, Brandon. What's your favorite food? Hey, how's it going, buddy? Good. He said, "Doing good." Oh, that's good. <laughs> what's so your what favorite question food? you got for me, buddy? Yeah, he asked what your favorite food was. I don't think you heard him. <laughs> oh, what's my oh, what's my favorite food? Okay, oh. Man, favorite food. Gosh, I would have to say favorite food. Pit barbecue. Mm, now that sounds good. Yeah, I would go with pit barbecue. There's a lot. There's a lot of and good what, choices with the pit barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> and what's yours, though, Chris? Pizza. Pizza. What's your favorite type of pizza? Peroni. Pepperoni, I like pepperoni pizza. Do you just do you just do pepperoni by itself? Or you put anything else on there? I just eat pepperoni. Pizza. That's good. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Sausage is good too. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Bye. <laughs> it comes and goes. That's awesome. I love that man. That's cool. But yeah, we're hey, he's gonna remember like all these say. interviews that you had him ask a question on, and one day he's gonna look back when he's like, he's like, "Mom and Daddy, look, I talked to so and so and so and so and so and so, and I asked him a question, and that's that's yeah. awesome, man. You can't replace that. Oh, that's, that's cool. definitely gonna. Well, he even asked oh, ask yeah. Hope a question. He did. Yes. And 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 you know and and of course some of the people we did moved on 154, so there's gonna be some that make it big. I mean, because we even entered now, Grant, we he um. He was real little when we did this, so of course he didn't get to ask a question then. Right, so we he even interviewed still a Chelsea Ballerini man. back in 2014. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And look look how big she got, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we always like to bring him on, and and like I said, when Caitlin gets old enough, we'll plug her into, and because we are a family affair. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Like that's that's like the most important thing to me, and. And uh, I'm I'm only child, so for me, mm-hmm. it's like having having uh, just the support, you know, from the fans and everybody that supports mm-hmm. my music, and um, just everybody in my community. That's that truly is, you know, my second family. And mm-hmm. I just feel like some of those people, it's crazy. You have family members, and you know, I, I love my family to death, you know, cousins and everything else. But it's just mm-hmm. there's certain people in your family that you don't see often, or you don't really have a strong relationship with, or you mm-hmm. did when you were younger, but it kind of just changed as you got older. And and that yeah. happens with everything in life. But, um, you know, with this, I, I have all the, I have all these different individuals as, as that, that family, you know, core 
and I'm trying to make mm-hmm. this Hoss Nation movement that's my branding, part of my branding, turn into a lifestyle yeah. and make exactly. it where, you know, families and kids and everything can be a part of the whole experience. And I think it's just going to, you know, really take it to another level once I get things leveled out. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so if if you could co-write with anyone dead or alive, I mean, what would you want to write about? You want you want dead or alive or both? Give me one of each. Okay. Um, if I was going to write with somebody that was dead, I would say it would either be Hank Senior or it would be Waylon Jennings. Both great. Yeah. If I was doing if I was doing current. I really want to do one with Travis Tritt. Yeah, he would be. I awesome. really want to write one. With, yeah, I, I would love to write one with Travis. I just, I love that approach that he's had with his music. I love his style. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I would love to write with Travis. Like, I mean, it's nothing against the the current day contemporary artists that are, you know, around now, but I would definitely mm-hmm. choose him because just because he kind of in the eighties and nineties he kind of solidified that kind of. Um, that 90s slash mm-hmm. um, that uh, semi kind of outlaw, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It was just a, this kind of a unique balance, you know, and it was kind of like, shoot, I mean, and another person I really would love to write with is, if, but, and I met his son, was, uh, I met Ned. I never met his father. He passed away, but Chris Ledoux. Mm-hmm. Oh, Absolutely yeah. Love Chris Ledoux. I mean, huh. I just love Western songs and, um, if I was going to write with, write about anything, like I would say, I would, I'd either write a, if it was Chris or something, I'd write a Western song, uh, something, something probably just about like, just that life, just more of the lifestyle per se. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What it's like being out, you know, in that agricultural um, way of life, you know, um, yeah. if it was Travis, I would probably write, man, I'd probably want to do something either like when he did when he did it's a great day to be alive you know um or when he mm-hmm. did trouble you know like something like that maybe mm-hmm. a little bit a beat because that'd be cool like one would be you know one's kind of more of like a, a good it's got that four side you could you could definitely line dance or or that little honky-tonk kind of feel on the yeah. trouble track or the other one is just kind of that you lay into the, the, the roots of, you know, your foundation of like, you know, what you're about, who you're about and stuff. And it'd be cool to kind of just tell like a story, like kind of like a, a favorite pastime, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if, if you've got to meet your future self, say five years from now or your, or 10 years from now, what would you say to your future self? What would I say to my future self? Like from you know, now most people, or? most yeah, because see, you know, most people they ask, "What advice would you give your past self?" Well, I'm flipping that and saying, "Okay, if you got to meet your future self, what advice would you give your future self?" Okay, um, I would give. That's a good question. Dang. <laughs> 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 um, I'd say I got two things I'd say actually. Uh, one would be one of the pieces of advice that I would give to my future self is. <clears throat> Just because you've made it where you want it to be, don't change. Make sure that you continue to stay mm-hmm. true to yourself. Make sure you don't lose yeah. your integrity. Uh, make sure you don't lose your consistency with the songs that you're putting out and writing. And make sure that you you know you always give your 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 listeners your undivided attention and, and your best performance each time. And the other thing I would mm. tell them is kind of like Matthew McConaughey did that award speech when he uh, won an Oscar a few years back. And he said, you know, uh, you always need something to chase. There was something you need to chase. And he said his, his uh, something to chase was his hero. And his hero mm-hmm. is always going to be 10 years ahead of him. So oh, wow. what I would say to myself 10 years from wow. now is where am I, where are we going to be in 10, where are you going to be in 10 more years? Mm-hmm. What are you, what are your goals? What are your goals for the next 10 years? And, and, what is your strategy to reach reach and exceed those goals in the next ten years? 
And that's actually perfect lead into my next question. But to ask a question, yes, I'm, and I have a purpose for the way I ask it. I'll explain the purpose right after I ask it. But if you had a magic wand, and what you were about to say would 100% come true, no question about it, where do you want to be in five years? Now, the reason five I'm years. asking it in this, you know, and the reason I'm asking it in this way, is because this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked that question to Kelsey Ballerini. The oh, answer shoot. she gave <laughs> us back. You know, the answer she gave us back then is pretty much what she's living right now. And I always like to tell is, that yeah. story with this question so that it gets artists to really think about a lot can happen in five years. Because five years ago, when we interviewed her, her first single was 28 on the chart. So she didn't even have a number one yet. Right. Um, and, and look where she's at now. And, and, you know, so if all bets were off, where do you want to be in five years? Five years from now, I want to be coming in on, you know, coming in on uh, different, you know, uh, man, I would, that's, that's like a loaded question, but I would say five years from now, I want to be, I want to be on the stage at the Grand Ole Opry five years from now, you know, um, introducing a new Opry member and, and, and I want to be able to be a member of the, of the, of the Grand Ole Opry and I want to have something that I earned as a songwriter to be in the country music hall of fame. And, you know, these are things that I just want to be able to um, eclipse. And, and I think that that's just it, you know, be on that top, that A-list level. I want to be mm-hmm. at the top of my game and I want to keep growing and um, keep improving year after year, but I just want to be mm-hmm. there and maintain it. <clears throat> I love that. Now I've got, two questions left and then we'll let you get back um if let's say you had a friend of yours and let's say you heard him or her sing and tell there's something special about them and this would be pre-covid advice so keep that in mind and but there's something special there and they've played maybe 30 shows so they they're still getting their feet wet on that front where they're playing shows but they've gotten on that stage with the crowd roaring at them all excited and they got what every artist says, that stage bug, and they just oh, yeah. know they're in the right right place. And they come to you and they say, Brandon, I feel like I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. I'm where I'm supposed to be. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Yeah, uh, that person, that's pretty simple is, is, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in this uh, interview, which was about the commitment if you want this to truly be your life and you want this to be, you know, where you're going to be for the next, you know, 20, 30 years, so on and so forth, then you need to make sure that you keep that fire and always maintain that passion. And the only way to do that is leave everything out to the side. When you're working on your music, you need to give a thousand percent of your commitment and a thousand percent of your performance to your fans, you know, no matter what situation you're in. And if you do that, then you'll have, you know, a illustrious career. If not, then you need to reconsider. And I would make that really yeah. clear to them. Like, if you're not going to make that ultimate sacrifice, then don't do mm-hmm. it. But if you are and you're willing to do it, then, you know, I'll be there every step of the way to help you and, 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 and mentor you, you know, from my successes uh, to help you reach, you know, reach the level you're trying to be at. I love that. So as we finish, as we wrap up here, um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do. Wow. Um, hmm. A question that you a question that you would ask that you usually don't ask. No, um, a, a question that you wish hosts would ask, but they don't. I think I think one thing that I would probably like to hear from you know, host on, on interviews and things like that would be, you know, I guess sometimes they'll, they'll talk about what, who your inspirations were with your music, but I don't, I don't know, but they don't usually ask too often, you know, the things that inspire you when you're at your lowest point. Oh, I love so, that. Uh, being because usually I talk about mm-hmm. what you know because one of the uh, which I forgot this question in this but one of the things I usually do is right when we're talking about the whole 
sacrifice. I, all, sure. I talk about what, what drives you to get through that. That's usually my question. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, and that's the thing is like, I mean, there's different ways of asking this, but like when you were making a comment earlier about um, overcoming like, you know, hey, there's trolls or there's this, that's like, mm-hmm. that's really specific, but I'm talking mm-hmm. about like real life, real life. Not yep. just the day, social media days you're mm-hmm. just not there. Yeah, like it's not even like because you're sick. It's like mm. when you're fit, you're mentally not there. So when you're mentally yeah, me- like just gone and you're at a low, how do you how do you pick yourself back up by your your bootstraps and your britches and 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 you know recenter yourself? And and what steps are you taking? to recenter yourself is you know are you being around certain people is there Mm -hmm. a certain type of is there a certain type of like mental um process that you have to go through um Mm -hmm. you know i i would say that i would say that the only the only other thing i could say and this is just because i'm a writer is you know which i don't get this question asked either is is writer's block too often I, I I don't I don't I can't recall if I've ever gotten a question about writer's block. Huh, I didn't even think about that one. Oh, how do you get through the writer's block? Yeah, like not just you know, hey, you have writer's block, but you know, what is your process to get through the writer's block to the point where you're redeeming yourself with something that is notable? Because you could get through the writer's block and write another song, but is that song a hit? Is that yeah. song even chart worthy? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are great writers or there's a lot of people that write just because they can write, but doesn't mean that they're a great writer. Yeah. So I would say that, you know, I, I would, I think those two, those two things would be ideally the things that I would, I feel that aren't really asked too often. So how do you handle those? Um, when I'm at my lowest point, I do a lot of self-reflection um actually writing is writing is my ability to you know recenter myself and i think that's why you know i tell people all the time i want to be known in country music as the storyteller and i want to be yeah. known as a storyteller because i'm very i have a lot of depth i have three a lot chords of, in the truth that's it you know it's real <laughs> simple i mean when you when you start convolute make things complicated it just gets complicated why make it complicated when it's, mm-hmm. like they say keep it simple stupid right so but I yeah. think that, you know, uh, that's something big. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll uh, when I'm really low, too, I'll just – I like to immerse myself. I live in the forest down here in Florida, but I like to immerse myself in, in nature. I love hmm. watching nature. Um, something as simple as a bird perching up, eating out of a feeder or a rabbit, you know, grazing on the on the grass or something like that. Just mm-hmm. realizing that life is – life is life and that we have this one life that God's blessed us with. And I just want to be able to capture that. And, and I don't want the, 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 the simple things in life to ever pass me by. So I think when I remind myself that no matter how hard things get, that I'm breathing and, and I'm still here and I get to enjoy yeah. all these beautiful things around me that God's created, that that's the best thing. And it, and it, and it helps me 99% of the time. Um, and as far as the writer's block, if I get writer's block, I honestly can tell you this, and it's scout honor. I've never truly had a, def- a, a true writer's block. Mm-hmm. I've had times where I've had to toss a verse or toss a line or something like that uh, because maybe I came up with something better or maybe it, I realized that that's not really the song. It's more of a concept for another song. Um but I haven't really had to deal with it. But if I was dealing with writer's block, what would, what would I do to overcome mm-hmm. it? I would, I would probably, I would probably reach out to some songwriter buddies of mine and, and, uh, or go to sit down at a few writers rounds and probably spend a week or two not writing and just go to writers rounds and watch those rounds and listen to the, the lyrics that those artists, those guys and gals are, are putting together and try to, create ideas from those songs, you know, like just create concepts. Yeah. And I think you, sh- you, sh- you should be able to get enough from that to kind of re, you know, realign yeah. yourself with your writing. Love that. So as we end this here, tell everybody how they can reach out to you. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, 
Everybody can go on uh, my social media. Instagram, Facebook is under Brandon Bing Music. You can go on brandonbingmusic.com for all my social media platforms. Um, and then, of course, you know, all my music is on iTunes and Spotify. All the streaming platforms is on there. And uh, I have a YouTube channel as well. And then on Twitter, it's under uh, the Haas Music. So, Love that. And, you know, we enjoyed having you on the show today and look forward to having you back yeah. down the road. Yeah, hey, I really appreciate y'all taking the time on a Saturday afternoon. It's a blistering 90 plus degrees out here in Florida, so I'm sure it's, it's probably going to be doing that <laughs> after the storm here. passes y'all. Well, we got there. a storm so, coming over, so it's probably lo- yeah. hot right now. Look, yeah, yeah, a little less when right it, now as some rain when, just came through. When that through storm it. passes, it'll be a little muggy, but you'll uh, you'll be yeah. ready to have a good Sunday, hopefully. So, uh, like I said, I appreciate yeah. y'all, Chris and Sandra, and I look forward to meeting y'all and, and coming on again at some point. And, I uh, can't wait to get this sounds new project good. for you guys to hear as well. That sounds oh, good. Oh, sounds great. We'll talk to you yeah. real soon. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.